G'day everyone and uh, welcome to another episode of Aussie Tech Heads. It is episode 568, recorded on the 25th of January 2018 and it will happen tomorrow. Happy Australia Day. But if you're listening uh, next week after Australia Day, well I hope you had a great weekend and uh, celebrated the, the uh, I don't know, the settlement of Australia well. And uh, went to a, to the pub, had a few beers, had a few snags, lamb chops, whatever. So good on you. Flew the flag. Good stuff. All right. We've uh, got a big show. We are brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au. And you can find us on the TuneIn Radio app cross-platform. Just type in uh, Aussie Tech Heads. Or you can find us uh, on the Aussie Tech Radio. TuneIn Radio app again. Search for Aussie Tech Radio. Pretty simple stuff, hey. All right. Uh, you can find us on the Twitter at Aussie Tech Heads, at Glenn Goodman, at Aussie Tech News, hashtag Oz Tech Heads, or on the Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads and youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads. The show notes are on the webpage at aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast. All right, other shows on the the network, Aussie Max Zone. Uh, we haven't had a show for a while from Obsidian Loft, Old Fart Gigs, or Tech Security, but a new show as we mentioned last week, is the Aussie Tech Crypto. And hopefully Jason can join us uh, sometime this episode, but uh, he's running against the clock, so we'll see how that goes. But they're uh, recording weekly up to episode two. And look, it's not a bad little listen. So give it a listen if you're into, or not even, or just wanting to get into, or just interested in the cryptocurrencies. Uh, they'll just run through a bit of the acronyms and all that sort of stuff. Stuff you sort of need to know to get running. Uh, I know I put... I through a hundred or so at Ripple and the backside fell out of it. So that's about where I will stop <laughs> until a bit later on. All right. So this week we are joined by Eric. Hello, Eric. Hello, mate. How are you going? How are you going? Not too bad. Thanks. How's your week? Good? Uh, not too bad. Yeah. Excellent. Not too bad. Excellent. Mm. Uh, are you going away for the weekend or? No. No? no. Just no. sitting at home, taking it easy? Yeah, take it easy. Happy Australia Day, everyone. Lolling about in the pool. Yeah, time. I might loll. Yeah, I might yeah. do a loll in the pool. Yeah, I loll all the time. I, I loll on the floor. <laughs> I'm I'm constantly lolling when people suggest that they change the date of Australia Day. I'm lolling all over the place. I don't think that'll happen for quite some time. Just quietly. oh, it should never happen. No, I just don't think it will happen. I think there's just I just don't think it'll happen. I just don't think there's enough support it for it. Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen at all. No, but anyway, it's tomorrow. So, uh, or if you're listening to us. Whenever, so yeah. All right, now let's get into some stories. I've got a few stories this week, uh, so let's start at the Apple. We'll start with Apple. I've got a couple of Apple stories. We'll try and break them up a bit for you, so we're not just doing them one after the other. We've got a couple of other stories that are very interesting as well, but uh, well, let's start with the $499 Apple Smart Home Speaker. Bit yes. steep, for my liking. Yes, I think it's um, very... Uh, steep. Uh, Apple has jumped into the voice speaker wars with the HomePod smart speaker. Now, you know, it's just like the Google Home and the Amazon, whatever it is. I forget the name of the Amazon one, but you know that one. Uh, so, yeah, I, can't remember, I can't remember the name of that now. Echo. Is it the Echo? I have no idea. It's Alexa. Alexa. Alexa, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So Apple's jumped in with their, they get their HomePod, a device that will use the Siri voice assistant and compete against yeah, Amazon and Google. So Apple said on Tuesday it will be it will start taking online orders for the HomePod smart speaker on Saturday in Australia. So that will be the 27th, as well as the US and United Kingdom just over a month later than initially planned. So there was a bit of a uh, uh, not upheaval, but a bit of a to and fro about people's opinions on, you know, why didn't it, why wasn't it ready for the December Christmas release? Um, you know, some people saying, well, 
uh, noting that the the product might not be as successful as what it what it may should be because the uh, they've missed the Christmas rush and people that were in the market for a voice yep. activated yep. speaker they've gone on to uh, you know the, other things yeah other things now um look I just heard a ding dong and it's not Avon I think it's Jace <laughs> how you going Jace Close enough yeah, yeah, same Jason. sort of thing, right? <laughs> yes. uh, what do you got? What's on the shirt? Bad Wolf? Is it the Bad Wolf shirt? Yes, oh, it is. <laughs> I could just see Bad. I'm sure I, I didn't think it would be Bad Boy Bubby or anything like that. <laughs> um, how you been? Good, good. How's yourself? Good. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. We're just talking about the 499 Apple HomePod smart speaker. Uh, too little, too late. And too much. <laughs> and too, too expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, how smart is what as I was reading somewhere briefly today, I didn't quite get it that it's there's something that's left a few people scratching their heads because it doesn't do something that it should be doing, and I can't remember what that was now. Is that it won't be it won't be playing Spotify music or will it? Let me have a look. Hang on, the four ninety nine voice controlled speaker introduced in June, originally scheduled for December, can make music suggestions and adjust home temperature. That's only if you've got you know the applicable devices. Uh, the speaker will also be able to send messages and play news updates. Apple is working to keep its Siri voice assistant relevant. Yes, uh, elect from Alexa and Google's both, which are featured, blah, blah, blah. Also, Google is counting on, or Apple is counting on HomePod to boost subscriptions to Apple Music and block the rise of rival Spotify. So I guess it must be able to do the Spotify as well. So hang on a minute. because Can I attach this to, say, my laptop? Well, I don't know. I get well. They're I think all it's supposed to be most of them like a standalone product, don't they? Yeah, not attached in a physical sense, like Bluetooth or however it. You know, you mean like the handoff? I think they have commands, so you can say to the um, HomePod, do something or other with my laptop, or vice versa, probably with Siri on both. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I do like because that. I want to just say if they got my iTunes up on my laptop, right? I want to send it to the speaker without physically connecting it. I should be able to do that, yeah. right? Yeah, we talk to so, it. Yeah, they, they prefer Apple Music and iTunes stuff integration, and it would be more tightly integrated than anything else, and they prefer you to use the Apple stuff than Spotify or Deezer or whatever. Because I can get Spotify up on the same laptop. Yeah. Yep. And it shouldn't stop me from sending it. No. Unless they've got a, some sort of code in there that says, if it comes from here, don't send. No, that's not what it is. It looks like it will do the Spotify, but what I think you might be talking about is that it won't it, – uh, the, the – uh, it won't let Apple Music be played on Alexa or the Google Home. So Apple Music will be solely, exclusively for this HomePod. That, you know, that's a little bit silly because look yeah. at the market they would have. If they said, look, I like Apple Music, but I don't want to buy, I've already got a speaker. Yeah. So, and it's Alexa or Google or whatever. <clears throat> and because they won't let me play Apple Music, I'll stop my subscription and start on a subscription with Google Play or with uh, Amazon. Yeah, so they just they just throwing away customers. It's stupid. Shooting yourself in the foot. It's you know, a bit stupid of me. You know, if there's so make... many services, let them all run. It'll on your run. Platform, you know, they find the other other places it, are finding out. It'll find things, it's, it'll know. find a nice balance, and everyone will be happy. It'll yeah, be like, yeah. uh, you know, Mercedes Benz saying, um, "Oh, we don't like Caltex petrol. You can only use mobile petrol." Yeah. Come yeah. on. 
Well, I think you know, everyone wants to be exclusive and control the whole thing. You know, Apple always wants to control the whole ecosystem and don't want anybody else to have a part of it. And but also, they're, 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 the other thing that they worry that. about is they don't get their thirty percent. That's the problem. They're greedy. Mm. There's there is a time and there is a time and place for this a certain amount of control, right? So I'm I am happy that they've got it with the phone, for example, because it could be a dog's breakfast quite easily, right? Yeah, that's fine. But a speaker, come on. Yeah, well, you I know, think what's next? Their headphones? Oh, you can only use this because um, this iPhone headphone is now plugged into my mixer. Right. Now, what if they said, oh, this only works? It can only works if you plug it into an iPhone. It'll be the AirPods. Only listen to Apple Music on your AirPods. You can't listen to Spotify or your own MP3s. Yeah, that's that's, that's right. How stupid would that be, right? This so, is effectively what they're doing. What uh, what search engine do you know that uh, Siri uses? Is she using Google now, or is she probably? But they always, they won't admit that. Yeah, who knows? That, she uses <laughs> from Alpha as much as possible. Yeah. I think. Yeah, oh yeah, yep, yep. Okay, so that's what's going on there with uh, with the Apple HomePod. So, so rush out and buy one if you wish. Uh, yeah, four ninety nine, five hundred bucks. That's um. Ouch! Look, oh. I don't, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't need to go. Hey Siri, what's the weather like? I don't ever what? need to go. Hey, anything? What's the weather like? I still well, don't get it. I still well, don't get. The, I don't see the. Just to me, it's ridiculous, right? This whole. <clears throat> oh, uh, what's what's the what's what's the latest news, or what's the weather? What's the my what's the flight to Los Angeles? Yeah. You know, you're ready. Most people spend their time in front of a, a, in one type of screen or another. Well, I don't need to yell out. And number one, I don't like the name Siri. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've sort of just yeah. Sometimes I when I try and create an event in my calendar, Siri will work, but I've always got to edit it. You know, and yeah. you, you can't. Know what, you know what? I, the only thing that I do understand, I've I mentioned on Facebook I just bought a Hyundai i30 Active. Now that's got Android Auto and it's CarPlay. Got CarPlay. And the Android Auto is currently in beta to have Google Assistant. So I could ask what my car while I'm driving, especially if I'm on a long road trip with my daughter or something, you know, what's my next appointment? Can you make an appointment for yeah, this? Yeah, that's fine. Call Dad that's or whatever fine. while you're in the car. I don't want yeah. a little box mm. in my bedroom that I talk to every morning and go, oh, yawn, g'day, Alexa, Google, Siri, Cortana. Whatever your name is. Please, <laughs> please tell me what it's like outside because I can't oh, be it's ridiculous. the window. Yeah, exactly. Look, it's just not needed. I don't think people are that lazy that they want everything done for them. I really, the human Look, race is in trouble. The, the they, they seem to be very, very popular, though. They sell millions of the damn things. I yeah, think, but I just don't think people are using them for what they're intended. I think, I think mm, in the end, people are using them just as speakers to send their music to it. And that's all I'd be right. using. I'd be using the assistant to go, okay, or okay, Siri, can you send uh, some song to the lounge room speaker or something? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's what pretty said, much what play, play Bon Jovi on Shuffle. Yeah, do that. that with other <laughs> I bought a Sony speaker that looks exactly like this. It's half the size, little cylinder about this big. It's Bluetooth. Battery goes for sixteen hours. Yep, and it, it hooks into any PC or Mac that's got a Bluetooth thingy on it. And it's, it's, it takes two seconds to to pair it. Really simple, and it's got a range of uh, thirty feet. What's that? Ten meters. Yep. Yeah. And it's got a little thing on it. You can hang it on a hook outside on your deck, for example. Yep. And the sound on it is unbelievable. Yeah. What yep. model? What and brand? I mean, Sony. Sony. 
something or other. Something else. You could probably see. buy a few Sonos speakers <laughs> that'll do exactly the same thing. Yes, a lot of them do yeah. exactly the same thing. Oh, I love the Sonos. I just like the look of this one. Yeah, oh, and, I love Sonos. I'm going off on them. They're great. So, and I thought, well, that's all I need because that's all I would ever use it for. Mm. I just, I didn't want the wires or anything. Charge, you can charge USB into your computer, and then when it's charged, you just unplug it and take it outside. It goes for you know 12, 15 hours or whatever. Yeah. And <clears throat> so that's good. And it's, the sound is really, really good. It's got a built-in bass on it, and you can actually, it actually vibrates the desk that if it sits on a desk, it's quite good. Mm. And then I, then I bought another one while we were away because you can add them. Yeah, this right. This little button. And then they all sync up together, and you have stereo. That's good. 50, sorry, and I was having a drink. Sixty bucks. <laughs> yeah, 60 that's bucks. all right. That's all right. Um, yeah, Jace. We I just at the top of the show there. I mentioned the Aussie Tech Crypto. What's uh, going on with that? Ooh. Big, uh, big Isn't success. I hear. Isn't that? Yeah, it, yes. you see the number of views and hits for our downloads of the audio and stuff. We're doing pretty going well. Going crazy now. Uh, yep. What did you? I haven't listened to this week episode two yet. What's what? What are you talking about this week? Investing using um, marketplaces and exchanges online rather than mining. Now, just a quick question without notice. Do you think, because I'm with that BTC markets, that one that I think yep. you might go through, then uh, do you think that they that the price that they have on their market is somewhat different to maybe other markets? Do you think they shade all the different it? depending on who's who and how many people are trading, all the market's going to be different. There's a lot of people who are having a conversation at the moment. They're like, well, let's see. Bit Bitcoin currently is $14,000 through this market, but over that one, it's 15500 So technically, if I buy it at this one yep. and then transfer to that one, then I make money straight away without doing anything. And technically, yeah, but uh, one of the problems with Bitcoin is the lag in transferring stuff and there's also huge fees a lot of people like steam and um others have dropped out of bitcoin altogether because it mm. takes so long there's new coins coming out like litecoin was an example of bitcoin redone so that it would be a lot faster to do transactions and the bitcoin um transaction costs they have fees whenever you're transferring it or so it's not it. as liquid as, as um as it should be like cash or yeah. shares yeah so there's um, a lot more competing so ones coming no, out to do that. so there's no real chance of arbitrage is what you were talking about buying high yeah. at this side and there's a, there's a competing one called ripple which is being um put forward by the banks and it's supposed to do transactions in microseconds and um you, they they're thinking well one of the ideas is to replace the swift payment system where you transfer money around the world at the moment. It's like my pay, I get paid by a company in San Francisco. They might put start the transfer on uh, Monday morning and I might get it Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning, but with the Ripple... The prices change. It's got to be immediate. Mm. Yeah. And with the, with the Ripple, not the coin itself, which is XRP, but the Ripple um, crypto system itself, the... Um, as soon as they hit transfer into my bank account, bang, it's there. Right. So yeah. that would be a lot better system than uh, Swifter stuff. So Bitcoin has some really big challenges. And because they, they just keep putting the fees up and then suddenly a Bitcoin is worth $15,000 or $20,000, mm. the fees go up accordingly with that because so many people are trading with it, then it just becomes a headache. I think so it's the percentage of the value, is it? Is that the fee, the percentage of the value? I think so. Yeah. Another one instead of, of a flat, flat instead of a flat rate. Another company that dropped the Bitcoin from their payment gateway was Stripe. Uh, they're no yeah. longer d 
doing and they're looking at stellar lumens so guess who just invested in stellar lumens again <laughs> i did i did have them a couple of weeks ago and i got out of stellar but um now that uh, stripe is like oh hey we're thinking maybe we'll go being a cost i still got me ripples so tell us jace where can we find this video slash podcast audio where do we go Yep, you can uh, get it from your uh, iPhone or any iProduct, uh, iPad, your iMac, MacBook Pro, whatever, any iTunes platform plus uh, any of the Apple devices and uh, any of the Android ones. We've, uh, we submitted it to Pocket Cast and you can find it in there or just watch it on YouTube in the um, Aussie Tech Heads channel. And you've got a website? Yes, AussieTechCrypto.com. And you've also got a Discord which are yeah, is Discord good. chat channel, and um, hmm, that's... we go through the um, Facebook uh, Aussie Tech Heads Facebook and stuff too. So yeah, so keep an eye everywhere, everywhere. That's good stuff. I'm well, hoping right. to get a guest or two on. Uh, there's a few people in Australia who um, are into the crypto, and uh, there's one that I just invested in this week as well called Horizon State Decision Token, and. That coin is based out of Melbourne, so it'd be good to get someone from Australia on there to talk about cryptocurrency and the like. Yeah, I just had a look at my ripples. I think the last lot I bought was at a dollar ninety-five, and now they're down mm-hmm. to a dollar sixty-nine. But they do fluctuate. Hoddle. Yeah, hoddle, <laughs> hoddle, hoddle. <laughs> what's the sell? What's the sell word? Is there a sell word? Like sell, no, sell, just sell. sell. Just hoddle. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you someone else who's been doing a lot of selling is JB Hi-Fi. Now, they've joined the list of, they've been named as one of the biggest retailers in the world as uh, part of Deloitte's Global Powers of Retailing 2018 report. Now, they've, JB has debuted on this international list at 218th place. Well, you might think that's a fair way down the list, but geez, I'd love to be on it. Uh, revenues, <laughs> yeah, of $5.3 billion, uh, in the the financial year 2017 and net income of 162 million. So the only other not two, a lot. not a lot, not that's, based on their turnover, but their costs are quite high at JB Hi-Fi and their margins are quite low. But that's yeah. all right; they're doing well. So are they making it? Do you think onto that? I don't know. Have you got any knowledge about this list, uh, Eric Deloitte's Global Power of Retailing no, Report? Not a lot. Oh, just, when you now when you just said that, I'm just wondering now why are they on the list? Are they on the list because of the turnover? Based on turnover, right? Based on turnover, right? Uh, and the only other two Australian companies to make the list were Woolies, uh, coming in 23rd at uh, with 50.8 billion uh, turnover, and Coles and Bunnings, yeah. uh, which ranked at 21 on the list with a revenue of. $59.5 billion. Five billion. <laughs> I'm a fixer. I'm a fixer. Oh, I love fixing. I fix everything. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so JBI. Eric the Builder. Yeah, Glenn the Fixer and uh, Jason the Hodler. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, good on you, JB. Yeah, like, I don't think they're going too bad. They got, they do have some uh, no, they're good. good pricing. They're good. I yeah. don't mind, JB. Yeah. I'm going right. to be popping up to um, up the coast on the weekend to get my daughter a new desktop computer from them. Oh, right. right. Everywhere in town here is like Why desktop? Price. Why desktop computer? Well, Why she likes to do gaming as well. Oh, um, right. And we'll laptop. get her a lappy with a big screen. No, no, it's the power of the graphics chip to render uh, the 3D. Okay. It gets very laggy. Well, can, yeah, I, can, can I sell you a laptop from Kogan? Probably not. <gasps> <laughs> Kogan debuts. Cog, Cog, Cog top. 
A what? Oh, that'd be crap. That'd be rubbish. <laughs> I can imagine what they'd be selling. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's not the best. But anyway. But anyway, I'll just quickly go through this one. It's the Kogan has got a, well, it's debuting a $400 13-inch convertible laptop. So you can, you know, push the screen back on back onto the itself, back on the keyboard and use it as a, as a, as a tablet as well. So it's the Atlas 13-inch C300 notebook converts into a tablet, 360-degree rotating hinge. It's fitted with a 13.3-inch display, 1920 by 1080 resolution. Comes with Windows 10 Home. Uh, specifications are similar to the one that they released last year. Uh, this one is a... Let's have a look. It's powered by an Intel Celeron N3450. I've got a picture of it somewhere for those on the video. Here it is. There you go. Have a look at that. On the bottom of the list. Uh, So Intel Celeron N3450, uh, quad-core processor, 4 gig RAM, 64 gig hard drive with SSD expansion slot, supporting up to 512 gig of extra storage. Uh, It's available exclusively at Kogan's online store and begins shipping 25th of January. So I've also... Did I get that list? Yeah, I got that list. I did. I thought I'd go... Is it a Lenovo Yoga? Hey? Is it a Lenovo Yoga? No. Rebranded? No, I got a yeah. Uh, they they do all of that, right? Yeah, I got a, a yoga, a yoga two or something, something like that. That's good. I like mine. But anyway, I did this. Uh, I, I went and searched this Intel Celeron N three four five O chip to see how it ran. Uh, clock speeds at one point one gigahertz. So that is damn just dead slow. <laughs> um, that is slow. Yeah, that's it's, a door. That's a, just an that's an anchor. Yeah, it's pretty slow. I think it look it'd probably do the basics, eh? Like it would probably play a YouTube video, probably let you do a Word document. Uh, I don't email. think email surf the web WordPress. That's pretty much it. Yeah, so as you can see, if you're on the video, like she's sitting pretty much down the bottom. We've got a a let's where can we go here? Say a, a mid range i7 4700. Uh, 2.4 gigahertz. It's rating say 7,699. An i5 mid-range rated at 3,931, and this Intel was 1,832. So it's down the bottom <laughs> of the list. But you know, it might be good. It, it, it'd probably do a school kid. So yeah, good. That, but that's what happens if you're interested in it. Uh, now, uh, did anyone else? Send it? Did you have any stories tonight, Jace, or you just want to? Yeah. Bob along. All right. What do what you got? <clears throat> New York Governor Andrew Cuomo t- announced today that he has signed an executive order that would require internet service providers with state contracts to abide by net neutrality rules, even though the FCC recently voted to repeal those rules last month. Cuomo's announcement comes a couple of days after Montana's governor signed essentially the same order. Both executive orders require service providers with contracts to abide by the widely agreed upon tenets of net neutrality, no blocking, throttling, or otherwise favoring content. But the more populous New York could have become a key battleground over net neutrality. According to the order, any service provider receiving or renewing a contract after March 1st in New York will be required to sign an agreement saying they will adhere to net neutrality principles. Major companies, including Verizon and AT&T, have signed contracts with the state, That, however, doesn't mean the executive order will stand. When it passed its repeal of net neutrality rules late last year, the FCC specifically included a provision blocking states from passing their own rules. New York, like other states that attempted similar plans, will likely face a legal challenge. So just uh, in a a couple of words, what is net neutrality? Didn't you see that Burger King video? 
Yes, yes, but I wanted to get an explanation. Very good, yes. <laughs> what, what happens is um, they want to charge for speeds, basically. So what they do, rather than saying, if you pay the cheap internet, we'll cut your speed down, they'll say people can buy a fast speed plan and uh, their data will go through the internet a lot faster and they'll get a lot more of it because um, they'll let it through, whereas the others, they're really throttling it because there's one big speed and so they cut it down for the others, but the way they're trying to make it look as if, if you buy this is the normal speed and then uh, you pay a bit more, we'll increase the speed. Mm. Um, well, so I guess... For certain things, because the problem is that um, YouTube videos and Netflix have such a large amount of bandwidth. It's like a third of every ISP's bandwidth at least for both of those two things. And now mm. the ISPs are like, well, uh, for us, it doesn't cost any more if people are using more of the bandwidth, but we want to make some more money, and how can we do that? Well, let's start throttling down Netflix and uh, and yeah, YouTube. Make people but pay. Because, because we're uh, a um, cable provider ourselves, we'll let our cable go through at full speed. So if you want to watch Netflix, it'll start buffering, it'll start buffering, it'll start buffering. But if you watch our particular um, cable channels, they'll go really fast and you'll have no problem. So then people will be like, oh, you know, bloody Netflix is so bad these days. They must have all this oversold or something. It's got nothing to do with them. It's because the ISPs yeah. want to make some more money. So they slow down Netflix and it's say, well, up. Netflix, if you want your data to get through, you can start paying us as well as the customers paying us. So mm. we get double payments. Yippee. Now, I think uh, uh, net, tr net neutrality, it sounds like it's a good word, but net neutrality is the process of the throttle. Is that right? No. <laughs> net neutrality means all internet data is equal, should come through at equal speeds for whatever you pay for. They're not going to throttle something down. So that's why they've repealed the net neutrality laws. So we want say, net neutrality. Be neutral should be exactly the same, so we want it. Yes. Right, yes, we want that neutral. Yes, and I think you. We want it, providing it mines faster. But <laughs> but is that yeah? So you've got things like the as you mentioned that Burger King ad or video that was pretty interesting. If you go go net neutrality Burger King, you'll see a video where some guy lines up to buy a burger. Uh, well, there's people lining up to buy a burger, and the the girls in front. They have to wait for their burger, but a guy behind paid $26. He got his burger straight away, and yeah. out, out he went. And these girls are still waiting for burgers, and another guy was waiting for a burger, but uh, because they wanted to sell chicken sandwiches or something, he had to wait for a burger, uh, and he couldn't get a chicken sandwich because he had to wait for it, even though there was one ready <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Have a look at it. Google it. <laughs> they now. hold on to it. They're like, hang on, 10 more seconds. You can't have – wait, wait, wait. Okay, there's your food. So net neutrality, that's what we want. Yes, we want the neutral internet. Uh, I, I was thinking about it uh, today, and I'm just thinking there's no way if the cable companies decide to do this, or if this actually goes through, there's really no way around it, is there? Uh, well, they've already sued a lot of. There's a lot of communities now. Um, there was a company <coughs> or a, a guy in a group who went around recently around America through all the um, communities and found out that community supplied broadband because the ISPs are so terrible and creating laws to stop competitors, they're, cre they're launching their own community broadband and it's paid for, it's uh, created by the council 
and um, people can sign up to it themselves without having to go through one of the big ISPs. I was reading one of the things that this solves is some of the ISPs in America have created laws by lobbying that you can't, they're the only ones who can supply uh, internet in that particular uh, area, mm. which might be, you know, a couple of hundred miles, but then they don't put any internet there at all. Right, yes. So yeah, that area, fair. they're the only ones who can put internet there, but they decided it's not commercially viable, so they're they not don't. putting internet there. So nobody can put internet mm. there in that whole area is suffering because they can't get any internet whatsoever. So no this, broadband in the whole area. So this ridiculous. is pretty much just all bubbling over in the US at the moment. It's not yeah. It's not sort of coming over our way, is it? Not yet, no. No, it probably <laughs> I would will. like it, of course, but not yet. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now, let's get back to... I'm just Our having... internet's already shitty enough. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, Telstra lets me get a faster speed if I pay an extra $20, so... Yeah, but that's not that's just faster speed to everything. Yes, it's not to if you pay twenty dollars you can have your Netflix working how it should have been working in the first place like it did last year. A lot of the the, the thing with the FCC guys like, well, you know, back in the nineties they didn't have these super net neutrality rules and the internet worked for everyone. It's like because back in the nineties it There's was no just one on it. Yeah. There was no Netflix, there was no YouTube and everything just worked at the same speed. They That's want right. to there no, there was the demand for data-hungry applications was non-existent. Yeah, everything just yeah. went at twelve hundred. Bored. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> nothing to worry about. <laughs> what is it? Fifty-six, fifty-six k, whatever it was. Yeah, fifty-six. Yeah. And the point is, now they do want to slow it down. They didn't back then. Now they do, and by taking away the net neutrality laws, you're going to let them slow down Netflix mm. unless you pay more money. And they've already. There's another com- a country. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, somebody put up a screenshot from their website and it's like, here's your broadband fee, let's say $30 a month, right? Yeah. You want to access YouTube and Netflix, that's an extra $10 a month. You want to access Facebook, Twitter and Pandora, oh, that's another $20 a month on top well, of that. this is becoming like Foxtel. Yeah, it's you turning into a subscription based, based on what you want to watch. Mm. And that's the internet is just the internet. It's like they're not segregated like the channels. The internet should be like electricity. It's yeah, there. It's just there. That's right. right. I, otherwise, it's just ridiculous. I understand the concept of if you want to sit at the pointy end of the plane, you've mm. got to pay more. Okay. Yeah. I don't believe in the quality there. They can go and knock themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to electricity, water, and internet, the three basic utilities, mm. they yeah. should be equal. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, now, we've all been going through all this, uh, having meltdowns about the meltdown, you know, uh, floor and uh, whatever. Linus Torvalds had something to say about that, didn't he? He did. And that's, that's what Australian I Australian of the Year has just been announced, if anyone's interested. Australian of the Year? Yeah. Okay, you, here it is first. Who is it? Was it you? Uh, professor, professor Michelle Yvonne Simmons. And what does she do? She a professor in quantum physics. Oh, cool. Nice. From New South Wales. Nice. Nice. She, she, one of the world's top scientists, Professor Professor Michelle Simmons has pioneered research that could lead to a quantum leap in computing. Since arriving in Australia from Britain 18 years ago, Michelle has transformed the University of New South Wales quantum physics department into a world leader of advanced computer systems. Wow. In 2012, Michelle and her team created the world's first transistor, uh, made from a single atom, which is pretty impressive. Wow. Along with the world's thinnest wire. 
at the forefront of what she calls the space race of the computing era. She aims to build a quantum computer able to solve problems in minutes that would otherwise take thousands of years. Yeah, right. There you go. I used to like that show, Quantum Leap. Yeah, that was all right. That's getting repeated on Foxtel somewhere, I think, doing the rounds. Yep, good good choice, better than that other idiot a couple of years ago, Morrison, whatever his name was. Oh, yeah, the ex-general of the army or something. Anyway, don't talk about him. Now, anyway, get back to Linus Torvald. Oh, is that how you pronounce his last name? Linus Torvalds? Now, he's the creator of the Linux kernel. He has slammed Intel's meltdown and Spectre bug fixes as complete and utter garbage. And that's quite... Well, Intel have said don't install them, so... Yes. Right. Yes. So, yeah, and after... Yeah, so he's obviously no fan of, of these patches. He argued that an Intel update which addresses the fe- a feature known as the indirect branch restricted speculation, or the IBRS, is a poor implementation of a meltdown fix that would have users turn on the fix during boot. Now, according to TechCrunch, Torvald suspects that this IRBS workaround is too slow, too inefficient to be rolled out universally, and Intel have since made the meltdown fix, fix optional, as well as adding in garbage additional features. So, Plus it can also crash your computer. Yeah, I think the PCs are just rebooting, aren't they? I yeah. think that's the, the problem. So... Intel is not serious about this. We have an ugly hack that will be so expensive that we don't even that we don't want to enable it by default because that would look bad in benchmarks, he wrote. So the patches do things like the garbage the patches do things like add the garbage MSR rights to the kernel entry exit points. And he, he went on to say that's insane. Uh, that says we're trying to protect the kernel. We've already had we already have Retpoline there, whatever that is, probably some hokey-pokey Intel stuff, <laughs> coding stuff. Uh, Torvald add later, as it, as it is, the patches are complete and utter garbage. So, yeah, and Jace, you were saying that Intel has since come out and they've said that, yeah, don't install the patch. Yep. Yeah. They've, uh, Intel has said last Monday that it wanted computer manufacturers and data center owners to stop using the current fixes for the Spectre and security flaws. So the, pet, the patches which the company spent million, millions, no, the patches which the company spent months crafting caused computers to reboot. Uh, Intel asked customers to start testing an updated version of its patch. That's all a bit of a mess, isn't it? It's a big and mess. And also slowed servers down by about a third, so... You know how fast servers have to run performing millions of transactions, particularly uh, gaming servers and things like this, mm. and they have to just add on more capacity to make up for the missing speed now. So I think because most of the server and data centers, they were probably rolling these patches out quite uh, judiciously, weren't they? Uh, yeah, I'm, well, they do tests on a few dev platforms to see what had happened and then run speed tests to see if it's going to make that much of a difference and it made a huge difference. So Yeah, because I know... Uh, the, with if, you the, if you don't. <laughs> yeah, because I know like the, the data centre that I that we're at with the, the web hosting, that they issued all that they uh, took everyone offline for about 20 minutes about a week or so ago and applied the meltdown patch. Everything came back up okay and uh, it doesn't reboot because obviously everything's still up. But, uh, but yeah, maybe it wasn't a problem for, for their particular models. I think the problem was more of the older Intel chips. Um, but uh, yeah, Well, the other bad. thing is web- website hosting probably isn't that much of a taxing compared to 
running complex algorithms for businesses and huge databases with millions or billions of records and stuff. Yeah, yeah, true. But yeah, it's still it's uh, it's just a mess. It's a mess. But uh, yeah, so like, I don't know if any home Mr. user. Would... Hunt, it's a mess. <laughs> That's right. I posted that before, didn't I? Try remember that now. <laughs> I still think it's a mess. <laughs> now, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I don't. I forget. Uh, what else you got, Jase? Kim dot com, the founder of file sharing site Mega Upload, is suing the New Zealand government for billions of dollars in damages <laughs> over his arrest in twenty twelve. Internet entrepreneur is fighting extradition to the US to stand trial for copyright infringement and fraud. Mr. Com says an invalid arrest warrant negated all charges against him. Oh. He's seeking damages for destruction to his business and loss of reputation. Accountants calculate that the mega upload group of companies could be worth $10 billion today had it not been shut down during the raid. As he was a 68% shareholder in the business, Mr. Com has asked for damages going up to $6.8 billion. Wow. He is also considering taking similar action against the Hong Kong government. As stated in documents filed with the High Court, Mr. Com is also seeking damages for all lost business opportunities since 2012, huh? his legal costs, loss of investments he made to the mansion he was renting, his lost opportunity to purchase the mansion, and the loss of reputation. He's had a lot. He's, he's had a, a lot of missed opportunities, hasn't he, poor bloke? Yes. He, <laughs> but it's someone else's fault. Yeah. Don't worry about the fraud and the dodginess. It's someone else's fault. He hasn't got yeah. hungry though, so that's good. No. No, <laughs> no. He's, he's, he's eating well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Apple. Oh, here we go. Apple will let you disable battery slowdowns. So, uh, big kerfuffle with the Apple admitting that they do slow phones oh, down. This this is a Trojan Trojan horse. I guarantee you. If you do this, then suddenly something else goes wrong with your phone and then you're forced to go to Apple and get another one anyway. It'll be like, it'll. I guarantee you they're not just going to give this to you and expect you to get a scot-free run. Guaranteed, 50 bucks on the table, it'll open up something else on the phone that, that annoys the hell out of you. Maybe, maybe, yeah. So so what it is is they're going to, after, so they've come out before, or previously, in the last couple of weeks, whatever, and they've said, you know, yes, we do slow phones down to preserve the older phone's battery life and all this sort of blah, 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 uh, so the battery doesn't get taxed and the phone goes into a reboot. Now, Apple has, ple- everyone went off their Richter. Uh, Apple has now pledged to go a step further. If they, They're saying if you don't like the way your iPhone battery is slowing, your phone down, you'll soon be able to say to disable the feature altogether, but it's not recommended. The feature is there for a reason, and the reason is to prevent you having a battery that constantly downs tools for a breather. So whether or not, well, why don't why don't they give the why don't they give the option of you going in and changing your battery? Well, they've provided cheap battery replacements. Um, but Cook, Tim Cook told the news, a news network, I don't know, I think it was ABC in America, that the update will roll out in a developer release next month before extending to the public at large. Uh, we're going to give people the visibility of the health of the battery, so it's very, very transparent. This has not been done before. Well, I guess, you know, it'd be good to know the health of your battery, I guess. You know, just another little stat that can run around in your brain. Uh, the company's calculation is clearly that the impression of keeping the throttling secret was worse than the throttling itself. And it's hard to argue with their working when people see how annoying it is to have an unreliable device. They'll likely re-enable the feature, but at least they'll have been consulted. So, yeah, I think, look, mm. I think you just take it as... I'm not, I'm not convinced. 
Yeah. And I like Apple products as a rule, but I just don't trust Tim Cook. Well, Never I th- have. I think you just sort of, you know, you know you got an older phone. You, you expect, we've probably been conditioned to expect it to slow over time and you know which which stands to reason you know the operating system gets bigger uh the apps are getting bigger because the cpus are getting faster so and like i noticed my phone you know goes a bit slow at times i've got a 6s and but i don't know like look i'll probably yeah if this feature is available of course i'll play with it you know i'll I'll turn it off i'll try it out on my ipad mini even though it's not supposed to be slowing down but it still is anyway yeah, yeah, they do. So, yeah, so they slow down even even if it's an, in, an incremental update, not the full blown you know ten to eleven. Even an eleven to eleven point one can slow down a device, hmm. which yeah. is ridiculous. So I think what they're saying is that if you turn the uh, th- th- this you know this setting off uh, about the battery thing that they're going to do, then your phone will just or can just turn off. And so Tim Cook said that it'll die. It'll die sooner. Is that that's what they're saying? Well, yes, yes. So, like he said, well, we'd rather do it our way, which is, you know, slow it down in certain times, certain peak loads or whatever. We'd rather do it our way than when you're on a phone call that just turns off and drops out. So, yeah, yeah we'll see how we go. Uh, Alan, just one, what's this bit here? Oh, just one more thing about the the Meltdown Inspector patches. Uh, apparently, hackers have been working on fake patches. So, riddled with malware and distributed via very dubious websites, claiming to be supported by security authorities. Uh, the this the, this uh, malware rubbish was brought to the was discovered by malware bytes. The malware is known as a smoke loader. Looks, <laughs> it looks to be an official patch, but will actually never will, will actually let malware loose on your computer, posing a potentially greater threat than the original meltdown inspector vulnerabilities. Uh, yeah, the download is called Intel AMD Security Patch 101v1.exe. So don't download any of that. But yeah, I don't know why a home user would be pop- trying to patch their chip anyway, just quietly. It's stupid, yeah. You patch yours, Jace? No, I haven't made any changes. You going to? I was just reading that um, some of the um, motherboard manufacturers said there was a BIOS update for the um, exploits and they've advised not to install them either. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Hart. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, what else you got over there, Jace? Well, you go for a light-hearted one. Minutes after the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency mistakenly sent a missile alert at 8.07 a.m. on January 13, terrifying residents and visitors across the state, some officials, such as Rep. Tulsi Gabbard rushed to Twitter to reassure everyone it was a mistake, but one Twitter account was definitely silent for 17 minutes, that of Hawaii Governor David Ige. Though Ige was informed by the state's adjutant general that the alert was false, two minutes after it was sent, he waited until 8.24am to tweet there is no missile threat. On Monday, after he gave the state of the state address in which he avoided the subject of the missile alert fiasco, Reporters demand an explanation for that long silence. His answer, I couldn't remember my Twitter password, so I need to fix something. Oh, that's hopeless. <laughs> did, you, did you see they interviewed this guy a few days later um, and he was standing in his office in front of the computer and the password was on a post-it, post-it <laughs> note right there in front for everyone to see. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> hopeless. 
Yeah, that is hopeless. I had a picture of him. Hang on, see if I can get a picture. Where's where is it? There it is. There he is. Got his password. Well, maybe he needed to get some post-it notes. Yeah, A B C one two three. Yes. Um, now, Eric, you got to leave us. You got to leave us. Yes, I have to leave you, my friend. All right. We'll uh, try and see you next week. Yep. No problems. We'll have a good night and have a good Australia Day weekend. We'll... Yes, you too. Bye, we'll everyone. Bye, see you Jason. Here's some barbecue. Woo. Yes, indeed. <laughs> see you, mate. All right. Now, another. Was that lighthearted? Was it, Jace? Forgot. <laughs> always funny. The governor of the whole state forgot his password for Twitter. <laughs> well, I'll give you a lighthearted one as well. I downloaded one. Probably not lighthearted for the parties involved, but lighthearted for us. Now, Grumpy Cat. I don't know if you remember Grumpy Cat. Uh, it was all about as a meme that went around about a, a picture of a cat that had a permanent scowly, scowly look on its face. I did. I was going to have an iPhone mini game based on that but uh then they said they were going to sue the heck out of anyone who used the words grumpy cat anywhere so i shut it down yeah well yes well yes you don't want to do that but but would have been registered in australia you know you might have got away with it if it's not registered in australia go for your life now they've grumpy cat limited had sued the owners of u.s coffee company granada or granadi for exceeding an agreement over the cat's image the company only had rights to use the cat to sell its Grumpuccino iced drink, but sold other grumpy products. The cat, its real name is Tardar Sauce, went viral in 2012 after photographs of her expression emerged online. Now, I've got a photograph of her, if those on the video, they can have another look at, at Grumpy Cat. There it is. Uh, originally posted on the social website Reddit by the... Brother of the cat owner, blah, blah, blah. In 2013, Granada Beverage, owned by father and son Nick and Paul Sanford, struck a $150,000 deal to market iced coffee beverages with the cat's scrowl appearing on its package. And there's a picture of the beverages, if you're on the YouTube. Now, in 2015, a mere two years later, Grumpy Cat, he's very grumpy, he got extremely grumpy, and sued them for breaching the contract. Now, a court filing claimed that they had, this is the Granada, had exceeded the deal by selling roasted coffee and, and Grumpuccino t-shirts. How dare they? <laughs> now, <laughs> which Grumpy Cat said blatantly infringed on the copyrights and trademarks. Well, I guess if it does, it does, doesn't it? Uh, the yep. coffee chain's owners countersued on the grounds that the cat and its owners had not held up their side of the deal, a lawyer for Granati said the grumpy cat had failed to mention its brand enough on social media and in television appearances, according to court reports. So that got a bit messy too, that one, didn't it? But mm. Anyway, the grumpy cat got 710000 US dollars <laughs> in, in a payout. So, well, you know, grumpy cat, can't be too grumpy after that, can you? That's, no. that's uh, not too bad. Um, yeah, Jace, any more? Rupert Murdoch, the media billionaire who controls the Wall Street Journal, called on Facebook to begin to begin paying publishers fees to carry the news that its users post and share online in a sign of the print industry's growing frustration with social media. If Facebook wants to recognise trusted publishers, then it should pay those publishers a carriage fee similar to the model adopted by cable companies, Murdoch, the executive chairman of News Corp, said on Monday in a statement. The publishers are obviously enhancing the value and integrity of Facebook through their news and content, 
but are not being adequately awarded for those services. Facebook and Google have popularized scurrilous news sources through algorithms that are profitable for these platforms, but inherently unreliable, he said. Recognition of a problem is one step on the pathway to cure, but the remedial measures that both companies have so far proposed are inadequate commercially, socially, and journalistically. Uh, Murdoch, who also leads 21st Century Fox, called for a system similar to that in cable television where large distributors like Comcast and AT&T pay fees to the TV network owners and attract their viewers. So I don't know if he's if he's, if he's going to win this one. Like, how can he... So, you know, like, news can be posted on Facebook by anyone from anywhere. Uh, yep. What are they... They're going to have, like, a, a blacklist of sites that they don't like and... So they don't let posts from these sites appear or something? Like, if it's a Murdoch site, then it must have the 100% truth, so you can guarantee <laughs> that. Of course, of course it does. Now, I don't know. Look, he's been going on about stuff like this for ages, hasn't he? I remember he sort of led the charge with all the newspaper paywalls and all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, yeah. he wasn't happy just to be linked to he got the and get the advertising revenue or click-throughs or whatever from just being linked to uh yep. city morning herald what financial review all paywalls australian paywall uh so anything owned by him yeah he pretty much hit a paywall these days but yeah yeah so i don't know um should should facebook pay news publishers a fee i don't know how they're even gonna calculate how they're even gonna police that like i, I can i can summarize facebook's response yes <laughs> Yes, I reckon it might be too. Maybe it might be better just to buy a part of Facebook and then everything will be happy. Yeah, and then everyone's happy. Uh, Now, are you into cyber security? Are you one of the good guys that wants to get out there and, you know, knuckle dust all the bad black hatters out there? Part of my job, dude. (laughs) Most of my job, really. Right, well, do you know... Fighting the baddies on the internet. Oh. In the world, what too. <laughs> Good stuff. I can just see you all day there just going, pow, pow, pow. Uh, well, it's very tiring, I can tell you, but I've got very strong arm muscles. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now, Australia's uh, TAFEs have partnered to offer national qualifications in cyber security from this year. So if you're not... I don't know. Should I say if you're not good enough to go to uni, or if you're, <laughs> if you're not going to uni, if you're not able to, or for whatever reason, go to uni uh, and do the you know diploma or the bachelor and you know postgraduates or whatever they have down there of cybersecurity, you can go to TAFE now, which is great. I think that's a good idea. Obviously, going to be cheaper. So the certificate and diploma level qualifications were developed in partnership with industry and will provide students with hands-on skills needed for Australia's cybersecurity workforce. Now, the certificate four in cybersecurity, which I'll give you the number just in case you're interested, 22334VIC, an advanced diploma of cybersecurity, 22445VIC, courses can be undertaken on a full-time or part-time basis. Uh, The courses will be available at Box Hill Institute Canberra Institute of Technology and TAFEs across New South Wales, Queensland, Western Australia, South Australia from this year. So the organisation has estimated that at least an additional 11,000 technical cybersecurity specialists will be needed to meet demand by Australian organisations over the next decade. Uh, that's amazing. That's You've got to fight the cyber wars. Yeah, 11,000. Keep out them, keep out them Russians, comrade. Yeah, so if anyone's out there looking 
thinking of what to do, twiddling their thumbs, go and do a course in this if you're interested in it, and uh, chances are there's going to be a lot of work for you. So, ah, we'll keep you busy, comrade. Yeah. You see a lot of Russian stuff come through over your desk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you squash him? Ah, comrade. <laughs> no, there is no bad Russian thing. No, it's no. not the thing you need to be looking at. <laughs> It's all kosher. Yeah. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, what else you got, Jace? The Trump administration just approved tariffs tariffs of 30% on imported solar panels. From Russia to Access. Trump. What a segue. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the American solar industry has opposed tariffs on panels, saying they would raise prices and hurt the sector. A small group of solar panel manufacturers argued successfully that an influx of cheap imports, largely from China or Chinese-owned companies, was hurting domestic manufacturing. It's also part of President Trump's broader trade agenda against China. From the report, the tariffs would last for four years and decline in increments of 5% from 30%, 25%, 20%, and finally 15% in the fourth year. The tariffs are lower than the 35% the US International Trade Commission had initially recommended last year. This is actually the third and broadest set of tariffs the US government has issued on solar imports in the recent years. The Obama administration issued two earlier rounds of tariffs on a narrow set of imports. Monday's action also import, imposed import tariffs on washing machines, a much larger profile issue than a much lower profile issue than the solar energy. Yeah, well, I think 30% that was uh, Trump's magic number pretty much, wasn't it? I think it was 30% yep. for everything. Um Keep the Chinese out of America. He really doesn't like them. I don't know what they've done to him, but he really doesn't want them. They wouldn't clean his shoes once when he was over there. Uh, China bad, Russia good. Yeah. Look, I don't know. I guess, like, I don't know. If you go from a different angle, I guess he's, um, so if you put a tariff on something, pretty much means that it's going to obviously make it more expensive to buy in America. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, what what would you see happen? Would you see an American solar industry become, you know, grow? Uh, would they be able, is that because they, they would then be able to compete with the Chinese because of the tariffs? But, you know, I think it wasn't too long ago, even like I can remember uh, back when there were tariffs on everything. You know, there's yeah. tariffs, cars and computer parts or whatever, everything. I can remember tariffs on everything. And I think it was maybe through the Hawk years, I think, or don't, don't, you know, don't quote me on this. Yep, I've yep. got no idea. But maybe, you know, back that sort of era, then the, the tariffs started to come off and everyone was happy because everything was cheaper. But then, you know, it's all of our industry started to disappear, I guess. So is it a good or bad thing? I don't know. Some with, some well, the other problem is then the American ones can put their prices up to say that they have to, uh, in order to uh, keep afloat. And so... Solar might just keep going up and then people go back to fossil fuels again. Yeah, but they can only go up to a certain degree because China will, you know, the, the, the parity of the two prices, China, even with the 30%, is going to be still at this price. So then the US, you yeah. couldn't sell domestically higher because you're still even with, the th you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's above my pay scale. So leave it to someone yep. else. <laughs> <laughs> leave it to Trump. That should be the name of a show. Leave it he to seems to be a great businessman. Leave it to Beaver. Uh, look, that's about all the stories I've got. Have you got any more, Jason, over there? Uh, probably one we can finish up with. Yeah. Mozilla released on Tuesday a new version of its Firefox Quantum browser 
boosting its graphic speed and improving a couple of new technologies designed to make the web more powerful. The browser version 58 is the first major update since Mozilla's recovery plan hit full stride in November with the debut of Firefox Quantum. Speed is of the essence in Mozilla's recovery plan and Firefox 58 does better than its predecessor in some graphics tasks by splitting work better across multiple processor cores that computer chips have these days. The result should be scrolling that smooths uninterrupted by the stuttering that in computer circles goes by the disparaging term jank. Oh. Firefox 58 helps with two new web technologies. One called WebAssembly provides for dramatically faster web apps. Firefox 58 can get WebAssembly software running faster so you don't have to twiddle your thumbs waiting as long after clicking a link. Another is Progressive Web Apps, PWAs, an initiative that came out of Google to help make the web a better match for the apps that we all drop on our phones. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I thought I was the only one suffering from, what was it, jank. Jank. <laughs> so, because I hate that. I hate, and even through the show when I'm trying to get a web page up, the page will yep. just stall until... And you something... start scrolling down and then it stops and it's loading, loading, yep. loading, loading. And you think, oh, yeah, and you think, oh, no, it's not scrolling with your scroll wheel. So then you, you think, oh, maybe my batteries ran out or something. So then you go to the scroll bar, try and drag it down. That still doesn't yeah. work. No. And it's going, <laughs> just it locks up. So they reckon that the Firefox is getting better than the Chrome now. Yeah, one of my friends messaged me this week and he said, I think I'm going to go back to Firefox because um, a lot mm. of the stuff they're doing, he's very interested in. So they, they might end up winning some people. I'm still Chrome everywhere just because I gave up on Firefox when it was getting slow, so yeah. I installed Chrome everywhere. Now it syncs between my uh, MacBook, my Windows PC, my phone, They all just and my iPad mini, and the, all the Chromes sync across. So if you look at something on here, you can open it up on there on a different platform and continue where you were and things like and synchronize the bookmarks and passwords and everything. So I think pretty much just, all by, nice together. Yeah, just by looking at the... Uh, that Firefox page, I think obviously that's going to do just about the same thing as the Chrome and with all those mm. sort of little features. Yeah, because I've been thinking about that as well. I might try and go back to the Firefox. Uh, Chrome's been the thing I don't like about Chrome, and it really annoys me, is sometimes it'll just hold pages in cache and yep. and you just can't, you've got to actually go to the trouble of emptying its cache out. You know, and okay. and so if say if you're, I'm changing a web page or something, and yeah. it's and holds it, get, it too long, and you like refresh, shift refresh, yeah, refresh, damn you, little bastard, and it's still yeah. showing your old data. That's right, and then, yeah. So then you go oh, open up Firefox or Explorer, you know, load the page up. You go, oh, that's right. Then you go back to Chrome, and you know, it, get, it goes all again with your next one. Mainly just the images that sort of caches a lot. And text is not too bad, but yeah, geez, it annoys me. But um, so this Firefox is this this Quantum version or whatever it is. Does this that just comes down as a normal update? I think doesn't it? You don't I'm have not sure. About that. It might be a completely different one, like the uh, Chrome Canary. Oh, do you think so? Let's have a look here. I thought... Oh, if you go to the normal Firefox page, it says download Quantum. Well, it says download now, but I think I've, I think this is on Firefox. If I go into here and we go help, no, Firefox help? No, it's about... Where is about us in this thing? <laughs> help. Here's one of the problems. <laughs> where about Firefox. Here we go. So I'm up to date. Version 58.0, 64 bits. Doesn't Mine's downloading a new one right now. 
Oh yeah, Firefox Quantum standing me up right at the top. I'm looking for the small yeah. print. Mine <laughs> says Quantum as well in big letters. Yes. So, oh, where, can, can you guys see that? No. How come you can't? No. Why can't you see that? Because it's a window. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, we can't see that little window. But anyway, it might. Yes, it is Firefox Quantum. I didn't download the the Quantum specifically, so it obviously comes through the through the upgrade update pathway. So that's good. Yeah, neither did I, but it says Firefox Quantum 58.064-bit. Firefox is up to date. Yeah, nice. Uh, I think, yeah, look, I don't have too many uh, Chrome uh, extensions. I think I could probably move over, I guess. Yeah, look, I might give that a shot. It might might, might be worth me while. Yeah, might give that a shot. Yeah. We'll both do it, Chase. We'll report Why back. not? We'll report back next week. All right, good stuff. Now, uh, that's it. And that, that's, that's it, it for another show, another week. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching if you're on the YouTube. Don't forget, you can go to the webpage, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast, right down the bottom or out to the side. I think there might be a little little tab there. Uh, send us a audio message. If you want to send us some voice, I'm pretty sure just work with your webcam if you've got it set up properly. Yes. So, yeah, just get in there and uh, send us a, a voice and we'll play it on the show. I'll give you a place. Hello, Glenn. I really totally like your show. It's awesome. Yeah, we get those all the time. We can't help. We don't. We too many of them. But if, <laughs> if, you, if you send us a nasty one, I'll play it. We'll laugh at you, but we'll still play it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, all right. Good stuff. Okay, thanks, Jace. Thanks for coming in. It's been uh, yeah, a pleasure. No Once again, we haven't seen you for again a, next time. a week or something. Yeah. And uh, good yep. luck with the Aussie Tech Crypto. You're planning on a weekly show or you got to see how it goes? At this stage, yeah, I think we can. And uh, I want to introduce a new um, segment called Coin of the Week, which other podcasts and YouTube shows have Coin of the Week and it's the one they're trying to shill. It's like, this is the one that's going to go big. That's not what I want to do. I just want to pick a random coin and then talk about the technology behind why the coin was created. You know, some of them, like, uh, for instance, the Horizon State Decision Token coin that I was talking to you about earlier Hmm. is um, for democracy. So it's for voting and it's going to ensure that the voting is secure, can't be tampered with, and that a person has definitely voted, and this can be used for countries doing a federal or other government elections. It could be just uh, websites or companies that want to know certain information, and uh, you'll be guaranteed that it can't be tampered with, and that uh, the person who voted said uh, said they voted the one that's voted. So, mm. you know, just give a bit of a background history like that, what it's for, who it's created for, because all the coins coming out now tend to have a reason for coming out and they they have a, a direction and uh, what they're going to do. It's not just uh, like cash, you know, cash is just, you can exchange it for goods and services and stuff. Yeah. Whereas these are going to have a technology behind them to support something. Right. So where do you see that it's sort of going to go? Is, is, a, is that it's going to remain splintered like this? Or do you think it's all eventually sort of come down to one or two, three, four main players? Well, because a lot of them are not just about making money or, um, you know, buying and selling things, uh, the underlying blockchain technology is actually being used um, for purposes. So I think it's possible that uh, for different reasons there will be more forks and splits and stuff, but um, uh, some of them will consolidate, particularly things like Bitcoin that are just monetary value but others that have a purpose and an underlying 
reason uh probably they're going to have a lot more of those come out everything's got its own individual niche mm. yeah i haven't i haven't got my head wrapped around it quite 100 percent as much as you but uh, watching the show i know i haven't seen the part two but i'd like to sort of get more into just what you've just explained you know like yep. why is there so many like uh, who are these people that are making up making up the what it like the blockchain or the computations and why can't they be hacked and all this sort of stuff like i just don't understand <laughs> i know that's the kind of thing that i want to get a couple of guests on every now and then and also you know describe coin of the week and what its purpose is so mm. hopefully that'll help people like you out and uh, i think it'll be on uh, the new one on aussie tech radio soon yes to uh fridays yes well actually they go up thursday nights but uh new shows every friday <laughs> Right. I keep feeling like today is Friday because I don't have to work tomorrow. Yeah, I oh, know. How good is that? How good is that? <laughs> so yeah, throw a couple of snags on the barbie, a couple of uh, lamb chops. Where, where's uh, what's what's that guy that does the lamb chop ads? Where's he? I haven't seen him this year. Um, I forget yeah. his name. Uh, Sam Kekovich. Sam Kekovich, that's him. Yeah, I haven't seen him around this year. But I think a lot of people are getting a bit sick of him, to be honest. <laughs> He was all right. He yells a bit, yeah. but he's all right. Uh, yeah, okay, Good cool. Laugh. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, and that's it. Yes, we'll see you guys uh, next time. So next week, next uh, like next week, next Thursday for another episode of Aussie Tech Heads. Thanks again, Jace. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.